0: hello friends and welcome to men do disney episode number 54 your first time my name is pete and joining me tonight is tom
1: hey pete how are you
0: we're two slash three guys who want to help you make the most of your disney world vacation as well as to bring some of that disney magic into your life every day so put on your favorite pair of mickey ears lower your safety harness remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop and men let's do disney I didn't really know what to say there. No Matt tonight. He is still reeling from the effects of uh, Hurricane Florence, and we wish him and everyone else that has been impacted by the storm the best. But the show must go on.
1: That listen, we're we're uh, the hardest working podcast in the industry. So we, you know, Pete and I did have some effects of the hurricane as well. But fortunately, we both kept our power. Uh, I, I actually was. Um, like a, a a hurricane shelter, I feel like. We had a house full of people from uh, the, the coastline of the Carolinas that stayed here in safety. So, excited to be back on schedule. Uh, another, another deal that was affected by Hurricane Florence is we had to move our guest spot on the other podcast to a later date as power uh, was flickering for Matt at that point. So, I say all that to say, here we are, and let's uh, let's dive right in.
0: Alright, so tonight's episode, we're going to look at a Disney trip from a first-timer's perspective. So if you've got a friend that's never been to Disney before that is planning a trip, if for some reason you're listening to a Disney podcast and you've never been to Disney World before and you're planning a trip, this is going to be your podcast. We're going to try to walk you through all the stages you need to go through to plan your Disney trip and execute it successfully. Before we get into that, let's go to the news. Tom what do we got this week?
1: Got quite a bit of news for Magic Kingdom. Uh, and on the flip side, no news for Animal Kingdom. So you won't hear anything on Animal Kingdom, and we will go ahead and get it get it going here. So Magic Kingdom, Captain Jack Sparrow's pirate tutorial ends on September 29th. It's been around since about 2006, is what we can see. I have personally never done this. However, I've seen it done. Typically draws in a you know decent-sized crowd, kind of like the Jedi training over at Hollywood Studios. Well,
0: and the, the guy that they get to play Jack Sparrow looks a lot like Johnny Depp. Every time that I've been there, he looks a lot like Johnny Depp. It's a really good Captain Jack Sparrow.
1: Yeah, there's been times where I've actually stopped to look to see, because, you know, Johnny Depp is known to, well, Jack Sparrow is known to pop in and out of Disney World and Disneyland. Uh, Sometimes he's actually on the attraction and and hidden in different spots. So you really never know if he's going to be there. So it's always at least worth a look. Uh, And I'm with you, Pete. The voice, the mannerisms... Yeah, he has the, the the whole part down pat uh staying in magic kingdom move it shake it dance and play it party will be ending on december 1st there'll be a new party coming early 2019 i would say most people are happy to see this coming to an end i personally am not a fan of it i've heard very i don't even want to say mixed reviews much more negative reviews about it uh, the songs the whole premise behind it there are a ton of disney characters that pop out and you know and kind of dance and move around with with the guests but you know the only time i've ever liked this was when the mc noticed my shirt and he must have been a, like went to college where i went to college or something and he actually said something to me uh which was kind of cool but typically this 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 in my opinion just gets in the way because if you're trying to go t- you know to Adventureland land from Tomorrowland, you cannot take the most direct route so with a new party coming, I'm sure Disney will they will do something else. And if people like it, they'll keep it. And if not, they will continue to pivot. So uh, that's that there. Ziploc bags coming soon to Splash Mountain. Ziploc is now the sponsor. The bags will have an exclusive design and guests will be able to recycle bags that bins outside the attraction.
0: So let's, let's pause here for a minute and talk about...
1: I knew this was something you'd want to talk about. So you have the floor.
0: Okay. Now we get this news... How many weeks after Disney has announced that they're going to be eliminating straws from their theme parks? Now, I know that Disney uses a lot more straws and they're going to use Ziploc bags on this attraction. But it seems to me like this is kind of a double standard, right?
1: I'm very confused by some of the communication and planning here and timing.
0: Right? Because the whole point is to eliminate plastic straws from the theme parks and here we are with Ziploc bags now.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 like, the, I like the idea because... It is nice to be able to put your things in a ziploc bag, and
0: yeah, I'm not, I'm not questioning the idea. I think it's a great idea because a lot of people don't have waterproof cell phones, and so yeah, this is a necessity almost on this ride.
1: But but yeah, they're very contradicting right now.
0: Hmm. So I I just thought this was funny.
1: Yeah, we, we'll uh continue to see how this goes, and I mean there there certainly is you know a, a group of a party of folks who would like no plastic in the parks, and so. Maybe there will be an uproar about this, and Disney will have to rethink it. <laughs> Moving on. Staying uh, in Magic Kingdom, Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor Facade has been completely removed. Uh, it's been in place there since 1994, and it will, you know, there will be a new design. I, I assume it moved to help with crowd movement. Is that kind of our guess?
0: Yeah, it kind of, you know, it was that big spaceship, and it kind of interfered with the crowds couldn't go through there as well. So it's a lot more open that approach straight up going into Tomorrowland is a lot gotcha. more open now. But it, it just I don't know, it looks different and there's no signage for Monsters Inc Laugh Floor right now.
1: Yeah, well they'll get they'll get that. They'll get that taken care of, but the, it's certainly you can google a picture and just type in Monsters Inc Laugh Floor facade uh, Tomorrowland and you'll you'll probably see a before and after. So last thing in Magic Kingdom here, it's something we've talked about. So last thing for for Magic Kingdom, Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique, which is something we, we talked about on one of our prior episodes here, will be closing for refurbishment. We're not totally sure when this will happen, but it will bring it more in line with the location over at Disney Springs. Uh, so I, like I've shared the story of the family that went there for their haircuts, they'll have to pivot and go to Disney Springs. from. Uh,
0: and, and this is a big deal for me because, you know, I'm kind of planning my daughter's first trip around going to Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique. And at magic kingdom you know i don't want to i don't want to deal with the rubbish disney springs location i want to do the full-on magic kingdom experience the
1: experience yeah i i understand i would too because then you walk right into the park and you know she'll be, be a princess and have glitter and magic and all the Disney. exactly project. gonna do uh, one of our favorite transitions here we're gonna take our monorail ride over to epcot there is a mary poppins ride rumored for the uk pavilion this is i'm not sure if we have, have mentioned this i know i've personally heard the rumors but it looks like it'll re- it would replace the gardens in the back of the pavilion it will be a ride similar to Dumbo but not a dark ride as it's been long suspected so that's kind of a disappointing thing I thought they could get really creative with this especially with if it was a dark ride
0: well you look at you look at they already had the animatronics on the great movie ride
1: exactly I think they could have gotten like a top top attraction in Epcot kind of yeah it, it
0: doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a thrill ride it just needs to be a dark ride and and now, in order to do that, there's not a whole lot of space back there, right? You know, th- those gardens are not very big, so they would have to expand that United Kingdom Pavilion in order to fit a dark ride in there.
1: I look at it like build something up, just build something vertical, especially with Mary Poppins. It makes so much sense.
0: No, it does, and and I don't know how hard that would, you know, how hard that would be to do. And plus, you think about sightlines. Then, if you've got this big, tall structure behind the United Kingdom Pavilion, what does it well, look like?
1: Talk about sightlines. Look at Guardian of the Galaxy right now. I mean. I get it. I understand you're trying to keep the theme of, of the UK Pavilion, and they've worked hard to kind of master that, but I don't know. I, I'm disappointed, I guess. You know, there's something over at, um. don't remember which Disneyland it is, but it's a ride that kind of, it, I'm almost thinking this is what it's going to be like. It ba- It's almost like it bounces up and down, and it, it goes in a circle like, like a Dumbo, but you're not controlling the up and down. So it kind of has a rhythm to it, and I could see it being like that. But we'll have to see. More, more... uh We'll continue to follow the rumor, and I mean, eventually, Disney's going to have to file file papers to do this, so if that happens, we'll, we'll be uh, first to share it with you. Moving over to uh, Hollywood Studios, it looks like Disney is retiring several citizens of Hollywood. Among those are Officer Brody, another Disney cost-cutting measure. Uh, th- these are fun cast members to interact with. They're funny. They're extremely quick-witted. It's never the same interaction, never the same jokes, because a lot of it is audience participation, so... And they've been there
0: for forever, they have. right? I mean,
1: I mean, I always stop and at least watch for a minute or two, you know. So that's uh, that, that's kind of tough because they are, you know, a Disney staple in my opinion. Because they, like Pete just said, they have been there forever. So that uh, we'll see if if they replace and come out with new personalities or if they continue to cut here. And staying in Hollywood Studios looks like Star Lord and Baby Groot. The meet and greet will be coming to an end September 29th. Nothing. On what, or if anything, or when, or who we'll be replacing. Uh, but it is official that Star-Lord and baby Groot, the meet and greet, will be coming to an end. From what I've heard, everyone is like, oh, hey, Star-Lord, and so excited to see the baby Groot. So,
0: Yeah, well, and this makes sense, right? Based on kind of where the Guardians of the Galaxy are, or where Groot is. Groot's not a baby anymore. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. So, Well, and another thing, in general, this needs to move to Epcot.
0: Correct. With the Guardians of the Galaxy opening there, it
1: does. Even with they have a Guardians of the Galaxy show there now, it just needs to, they need to do the meet and greet there. And that could be what you're going to see happen. I agree with Pete. I mean, baby baby Groot is no more. So they're going to have to, and I think you've even seen some some uh, concept art. They're going to have a, a full-size Groot. It's just when and where and the timing of it. So got some general news for you. Uh, we're going to hit on the minivan pricing. I talked on it. On episode fifty three, I believe, uh, and just how the pricing I, I felt was kind of out of line. One thing I asked was where did they drop off the guest? And of course our, our you know, Dawn over at Destinations with Character Travel heard the heard on the podcast and shot over a note to us that they drop you off at bus stop number eight at Magic Kingdom. Uh so you are you are dro-
0: So it is on the park it is on the park side, not at the uh ticket and transportation yes. center, which is nice. Yes.
1: Uh, and so again, destination character travel agency, he's got all the answers seriously. So if, if you need if you need anything, go to him. Now, the pricing that we've pulled together looks like fifteen bucks an hour plus two seventy-five per mile. This is insanely expensive compared to Uber.
0: Two dollars and seventy-five cents a mile.
1: I cannot that's crazy. I cannot emphasize enough that you do not don't do this. I mean, I I'm very supportive of Disney. I get that some people are more comfortable because it is a Disney backed and verified transportation option wait for the bus or get an, or get an uber
0: but the other thing is that those minivan trips that did cost a flat 25 dollars now they cost even more than that because with the 15 dollars initial charge plus 275 a mile most of the time you're going to be paying more than 25 dollars for a trip
1: it's it's just not worth it it's just not worth it and i don't know how people i mean i saw them buzzing around all over the place when i was at disney so people are using them I just don't know why they're using them. So with our episode being for for the first timers, you just know this. This is not a Disney offering you need to you need to take advantage of. Staying with General News, looks like there is a Wreck It Ralph VR experience coming to the void at Disney Springs. It'll be based on the upcoming Wreck It Ralph movie. I recently have done a VR experience. It was super neat. It it, it a little it made me a little nauseous, but it like you look around and you feel like you're in the room. <laughs>
0: And I've read an article, and I've heard that the uh, Star Wars one, at the Void at Disney Springs, is just incredible. You know, I mean, you get suited up, and you become a stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. So I I can't imagine that the Wreck-It Ralph would be not good.
1: Right, right. I, I totally agree. And the last piece of general news here, it looks like there's a new tower to be built at Swan and Dolphin. It'll be 14 stories. We're not sure if it'll be part of Swan and Dolphin. Or it'll have a new animal associated. Uh, just that we do know a new tower is being built. So we'll continue to monitor that development as well. That might wrap it up for the news unless, Pete, you have anything you want to share.
0: Nope, I'm good with that. Let's take a break here for just a minute to hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back.
1: Destinations with Character Travel Agency is your one-stop shop for Disney vacations, cruises, and more. With clients ranging from the magic makers of Hollywood, to the business executives of New York, to families from all over the U.S., people trust the travel consultants of Destinations with Character to make their magical dreams a reality with the patience, care, and attention to detail they deserve. With over 50 years of experience in Disney and worldwide travel, are over 30 travel consultants trained to give the best prices and service possible. Destinations with Character has the tools to make the difference for you. Find out how to take the stress and hassle out of your vacation. Simply contact them to let the magic begin. Destinations With Character Travel, making dream vacations come true every single day. Visit their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com or email them at info at destinationswithcharacter.com and be sure to tell them that the Mendoo WDW podcast sent you.
2: So your family is coming to Orlando and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers a Disney featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today.
0: All right, so let's talk about going to Disney World and planning your first Disney World trip. So we'll break this down into phases. And and let's start with, I guess, the pre-work that you need to do for your first Disney trip. I can remember my first Disney trip. I went with my parents. I didn't do a whole lot of planning for that Disney trip. I can also remember the first Disney trip that I did kind of as an adult by myself. I didn't do a whole lot of planning for that either. And I kind of regretted it once we got there.
1: Yeah, the planning the planning is the most important thing. Right, and and we we'll, we talk about planning a lot on the podcast. So you've heard all of this. And if you're a Disney first-timer, there's a lot to get caught up on. Mainly the app understanding how that works will lead to other items of planning your trip. So let's assume you have your Disney tickets. Understanding time windows for when things become accessible to you for planning your trip is like number one most important. So
0: yeah, you definitely want to book your Disney trip as far out in advance as you can,
1: right? There's a few benefits to that. One, you can pay off the trip little at a time.
0: Yes, you can pay off the trip, you know, whatever. hundred bucks a month, whatever you can afford. But you also get a lot more time to plan. So what are your windows here? First, you've got advanced dining reservations. You can make advanced dining reservations six months out from your trip. So if you know that you're going to be in a park on a certain day, six months out, you can make an advanced dining reservation. And we're not going to get into, I don't think, all the restaurants and where you need to eat and all that kind of stuff. There's tons of websites out there. There's tons of information out there. We've done podcasts on where you need to eat at Disney World. So. Just know that six months in advance, you're making your advanced dining reservations. That's going to help kind of define what park you're going to on what day.
1: 100% agree. It could not agree more. And giving yourself that time to prepare for your trip from the planning standpoint will make the execution that much easier. Now, another time window that's really, really important is your fast pass time window. And that is 60 days in advance of your trip.
0: Now, we kind of have to take a step back here before we talk about fast passes because you talk about 60 days in advance, and I think you're assuming that whoever this Disney first timer is staying on Disney property or staying at a Disney Springs good neighbor hotel.
1: I'm going to argue that it's a must that you stay on Disney, pro- not a good neighbor hotel. You stay on a Disney resort property because your first timer, I, you, I want you to get the full experience. I want you to be totally immersed in Disney World. But two, it makes it so simple to be around Disney cast members 24-7. I'll
0: agree agree with you just because you don't have to worry, how am I going to get to the park in the morning? What time do I have to get up in order to get to the park early enough to to be able to get in on time? But I will also say that if it makes a difference between you being able to go for seven days and three days, I'm I'm leaning towards staying off property at that point.
1: Right. Yeah. And I guess I, yeah, I'm assuming perfect world here. You're doing Disney, you know, a week, no problem, you know, staying at a value resort, whatever resort, you know, fits your, fits your needs. So,
0: but I agree with you. It, you know, let's assume that this is your first Disney trip. You want to do it right. You want to stay on Disney property. So you do get that 60 day window to make your fast pass reservations.
1: And This is critical, and I know it sounds like, oh well, sixty days in advance, there's no way things are going to be full. That is so far from the truth at Disney World. Even at sixty days out, you have to work your tail off to get the right fast, the fast passes you want for your family, which which may not be Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror. You know, it may be, you know, Peter Pan and Winnie the Pooh. I mean, it, it's just your family's trip. You, you know, you need to do the research there on what what kind of attractions you like to ride. But this put some structure in your day so you're not just floating through the park with no efficiency whatsoever.
0: And I'll break in here to say, yeah, absolutely. You need to, we stress this so much on this podcast is you need to understand the people that you're going with. If it's going to be you and your wife or significant other, whatever, and your two kids, you need to know what rides your two kids are going to be able to go on. What thrill level they're going to be able to handle and what rides they're going to be want to ride the most. I mean, that's that's going to set up what you're going to do on your trip. Don't listen to us, you know, because Tom's going to tell you, oh, you need to ride Space Mountain a hundred times. Your family may not like that. So you need to do some research on what attractions are at the parks well before the 60-day window in order to really determine, hey, this is what we want to do. This is what our can't-miss attractions are.
1: That on the campus attraction great point and you i mean you need to get to the details of like height requirements for attractions because you could book these fast passes okay i have a five year old who seems to like throw rides but he's not tall enough to ride splash in space and now you've booked these fast passes and you're in the park and you, it's like well what do we do now and disney tries to be extremely fair and they're not just gonna you know manually give you whatever fast pass you want for the day i mean it They'll do the best they can to accommodate you, but it, it certainly is not going to be. Oh yeah, here's a VIP service. We'll just take you to the front of the line of three other rides. You know the, mm-hmm. the, some of that onus goes on you. So in this planning stage, ADRs, Advanced dining reservations, fast passes, understanding the app, understanding the layout of the parks, all of that is super super important.
0: And look, we're not here to tell you that you need to get a fast pass for. Everything that you want to ride. Again, you kind of have to understand, okay, my family really wants to get on this figment ride, journey into imagination. You don't need a fast pass for that. Hey, we want to ride the seas with Nemo and friends. My kids really love finding Nemo. You don't need a fast pass for that. You've you've really got to understand where the weights are and, and use your fast passes accordingly.
1: And to, in today's world, Disney's made that easier than it ever has been. You can monitor fast pad you can monitor wait lines, wait times for attractions from home every single day leading up to your trip. I mean, I know on my trip in December, I kind of monitored every Monday I would look at every park's wait times and what I what I viewed as peak hours on Tuesday. and and you kind of build your trip on one, now you know now you know the popular attractions. And two, you know the crowd tendencies. Like where where are most people going? When are they hitting Fantasyland? Typically in the morning. People run over to Fantasyland and try to knock out Peter Pan and seven and Seven Dwarfs, you can ride Space Mountain pretty consistently then, or Buzz Lightyear's rank, top, you know Ranger Spin, you can do back to back to back to back. And so, understanding some of the the traffic flow at Disney World and just how it seems to work, and that also is going to fam- get you more familiar with the app, and that's going to make your execution of your plan in the park that much easier.
0: But not only that, there are a ton of resources out there. If you spend fifteen minutes doing research. It's going to save you hours in the park. Mm-hmm. We talk about planning all the time. Again, we can't stress planning enough. Hit your ADR reservations. Hit your FastPass reservations. If you're a first-timer, stay at a Disney resort. You're, you're going to save a lot of time. So what's next?
1: So this is equally as important to me probably is packing for your trip. And it's – sure, everyone looks at the weather report. You know, it's Florida, so everybody brings an umbrella or a rain jacket. All that's normal, but it's like it's the little things that can go from, okay, I'm, cause keep in mind, Disney is a place where you are going to do a lot of walking. It is a physically draining vacation. There is no easy route. I mean, there, there's certainly shortcuts and more efficient ways to get through the park, but you're not going to hop on a, you know, a, a, in a car or a scooter to get from, Side to side of the park. You know, you, you do a lot of walking, you do a lot of standing, and it's hot. So one thing that, that we noticed on our Men do Disney trip, Pete and I were, multi- we changed shoes almost every day. And we didn't really have any foot pain. The other two guys brought one pair of shoes each, and were like, they said it felt like they were walking on rocks.
0: And, and they were miserable. And, and, and I learned that a couple of trips ago, that you wear the same shoes three, four, five, six, seven days in a row, and they destroy your feet.
1: Yep. And just a I mean a simple change. I mean I would go from tennis shoes to sandals to a different pair of tennis shoes. You know, and and I just you, you save a lot of that that pain. And another thing I do when I'm packing, I pack enough to change socks multiple times in the day because your feet are your most important asset in Disney World. That's what's going to get you around the park. And what whether I change socks because I rode Splash Mountain and my feet are soaked, or you know it's hot and I'm sweating it it makes your it makes your trip and you're like in the park so much more convenient.
0: Yeah, and and you know look, rotate shoes every other day. It doesn't you don't have to bring six pairs of shoes, but bring two pairs of shoes and rotate back and forth. Take care of your feet. If you do get blisters, bring some moleskin, bring some aspirin, you know, bring some neosporin, bring some band aids something to patch you up so that you're not miserable all day because you know, you're walking seven, eight, nine, ten 10 miles a day at Disney world on feet with blisters. All you're going to be able to think about is those blisters.
1: And it impact, it impacts your experience. I mean, everything becomes a little more annoying walking, you know, you're like, Oh, we can get a fast pass for jungle cruise, but we're standing by space mountain. Mm, I'd rather, I'd rather not have a long walk or, Man, I really want to I really want to stay for Fantasmic tonight, but my feet are just killing me. I think I'm going to go back to the room.
0: I know we had one guy in particular that his feet were absolutely destroyed and and by the last day, he just he was done. He didn't want to walk anymore.
1: Yeah, and and, and we even had one that slept slept in one morning just cuz the whole the whole Disney grind. So I say all that to say when you're packing for your trip, understand that you're going to need to help yourself out a little bit. Be prepared to walk so you know what to pack and You're going to be eating a ton of different food and, you know, like Harper medicine is one thing I always, I just always bring because that can ruin your day. I mean, that can make it, you can't drink anything or eat anything.
0: And not only that, I'll say, you know, bring a, bring a medicine kit, but bring sunscreen too. You can buy all this stuff. You know, if you're, especially if you're staying at a Disney resort, all the resorts have little shops. You can buy this stuff in the resort shops, but you're going to pay 15 or 20 bucks for a, for a tube of sunscreen, I've done it before because we didn't bring sunscreen for some reason. I didn't bring heartburn medicine. It was six bucks for two little heartburn pills. You know, so you can get all this stuff at Disney, but you're going to save yourself a lot of money if you just pack it, you know, and and bring it with you from home.
1: Yep, totally agree. And and we, you know, you may be thinking, well, how am I going to get all this in the park? Bring a bring a book bag for the park. Bring something lightweight. You know, I I one of my trips with my wife, we brought like one of those tiny book bags that have like the, it's like the strings that you pull closed and it just dug into my shoulders so badly that it was not compatible for us to alternate sharing it. I mean, it just was super painful for me. So bring a book bag that's comfortable for you and your significant other to kind of alternate because it gets tiring being the guy who always has the book bag all the time.
0: Tom, I know you're a book bag guy.
1: Huge, huge. I think it's necessary. I mean, I I used to pack, you know, waters and snacks in the book bag too. And I mean, I, I'd carry it for the group and it's funny like Pete not a book bag guy. I guarantee we had things in the book bag that were Pete's.
0: Oh, absolutely. No question about it. So yeah, bring bring a book bag. It's it's worth it. It's not that big of an inconvenience when you're getting on rides. The only real inconvenience that you're going to face is when you're getting to the park first thing in the morning. You're going to it's going to take you like 5 more minutes to get into the park.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they search it pretty good. So you, the less zippers you can have the better because you have to open every single zipper one more thing on the packing you, this is obvious and we're not going to get into how you pack for a vacation but you know pack pack you know enough for each day uh, it's not fun you can do you can do your laundry at disney world and if you're going for a long long time and you you need to that's fine but it's not fun to spend your evenings back at the resort doing laundry And then two, they understand dress codes because sometimes you have ADRs, advanced dining reservations that you can't just show up in your Disney t-shirt and khakis. You know, you may need to wear a button down or you may need to wear a collar, a collared shirt, loafers, that kind of stuff. So that's back on the planning side with your ADRs. Disney has it outlined pretty clearly what what you can and can't wear at places. So make sure you pack for that as well.
0: And not only that, pay attention to the weather. Yes, it's Florida. Yes, it's going to be warm. But if you go in January, February, you know, you may need a jacket in the morning. You may need long pants.
1: I mean, I wore long pants one night and I think almost each night my mom brought in our book bag she brought a sweater because she didn't know if she if she got cold. you don't want you don't wanna be we've all been in the position if you're a Disney vet where you've had to buy something in the park like a, a t-shirt, a poncho, a jacket, a sweatshirt. You don't want to be forced to buy that. You want to spend your souvenir money on things you want.
0: Know that it's gonna rain, so plan accordingly. You know you can buy if you go on Amazon, you can buy 30 ponchos for like six dollars. And they're very small. They'll fit into a purse. They'll fill into a fanny pack fit into a fanny pack. They'll fit into a book bag. Throw four or five of them in there rather than spending the fifteen or twenty dollars at the Disney store for them.
1: Yeah, I think we had some they were throwaway ones.
0: Yeah, we used them on Cali River Rapids.
1: Yeah, they were kinda like we were about to leave Animal Kingdom and it's we're about to be in a car for multiple hours driving back to where we lived and it's like, you know what? They were not even a buck a piece. They were, you know, twenty cent a piece. We'll use them for this attraction, throw them away when you get off. And it was super convenient. So yeah, assume when you're in your packing, it is going to rain every day. You watch. Our our first time we're listening is going to go and email us and say it didn't rain a single drop and well, you got lucky. (laughs) You lucked out. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: Now, you know, I've been very fortunate. I've never had a trip where it's rained all day. I've had trips where it's rained a couple of times during the day, but I've never had a trip where I just wasn't able to do anything because it's rained all day.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't remember like a full day of rain. I mean, we have, you know, storms blow up and you kind of can see them coming and they move quickly and you can get into cover or you can hop on a, you know, an attraction that maybe takes a little bit more time or you can hop in a queue that has a, a decent weight where you can get, get through the storm and still enjoy your day. Just And, I you know, I'd say in your packing and executing your plan and your whole time at Disney, don't let the weather frustrate you. You can't control it. It's not going to ruin anything if you don't let it, so just be prepared for that.
0: All right. So we've planned, we've packed, we're, we're on our way to the parks now.
1: Number one, number one thing, just like we say, just think it's going to rain every day. Understand everything takes longer than expected. It's better (laughs) to be early than late. I'm a, I would consider myself a Disney vet and I did not leave the hotel when I wanted to, but pretty close to when we wanted to on our last trip. And unexpectedly the monorail gets stuck. You know, we almost miss our fast pass for space. I mean, there's a, it's just better to be early and allow for those things to happen. You know, I will sometimes you may have to wait a couple buses. Sometimes you may you have a long time with the with the baggage check or you know sometimes a monorail breaks down. You don't know what's going to happen at Disney World and there are variables that you cannot control. So budget your time accordingly. You do not want to be in a position where you are late to really anything at Disney World because it just throws your day out of whack.
0: And not just getting to the parks early, but getting to your fast passes early, getting to your dining reservations early. You know, who knows? You may run into a parade and you may have to go the long way around for a fast pass or or a dining reservation. Mm-hmm. So something's going to happen. Something's going to come up.
1: Also, with executing your plan, understanding Disney travel, understanding Uber, minivans, taxi, whatever you take, like uh, one example is... A first timer may believe this Uber is going to drop me off at Magic Kingdom. Well, no, it takes you to the TTC and then you have to get on a monorail or a boat. So un- understanding the whole process of how you're going to get to and from the parks, from your resort, how you're going to get to your dinner reservations. Maybe you're, oh man, we have dinner at the Polynesian. Just, you know, ask a Disney cast member. They can, they can get you there. They can help navigate you. But, uh, that, that's a big part. And then, like, while you're in the parks, I'm going to go back and I keep saying it, understand how the app works. Understand that it's probably smarter to get fast passes for early in the morning so you can get more fast passes for later in the day. Because we've heard people tell us, you know, Disney was fun and all, but it just stinks. I can only get three fast passes the whole day. And they didn't do any research before, so they had no idea. Hey, once you use those three, you can hop on and grab another.
0: Going back to travel between the parks, to and from the parks, to resorts, whatever. That's all going to take more time than you expect. Also, you're not going to get from your, regardless where you stay on on Disney property, even if you're at the Contemporary going to Magic Kingdom, it's going to take you 30 minutes by the time you get on the monorail and get to the park. It's just going to take you 30 minutes. It's going to take you longer than you expect to move between any two places at Disney. And and the more you can minimize that, if you're at Hollywood Studios for the day, plan a dinner at Hollywood Studios or close by Hollywood Studios. If you're at Magic Kingdom, you know plan something in Magic Kingdom. The less you can move between parks, the better it's gonna be for you. Now, if you're on a ten day trip and you're park hopping all over the place and you're doing whatever you want, that's fine. But again, it's just gonna take a lot longer than you expect to move between
1: places. I mean there's all those there's all those factors. So when you're planning that trip and you're you're at Disney and you're trying to execute on it, don't set don't think because it took me twelve minutes, you know, this morning to get from All Star to Hollywood Studios, it's gonna take me twelve minutes on the way home too. You maybe hit a bus at the absolute perfect time. You hit every light. You know, no no issues with the bus lane. It's it it, it is what it is. And another thing is go ahead and familiarize yourself with the bus stops and where your bus is gonna pick you up for that travel. So you know what bus what and, and the bus driver will say it. When you when you get off at a Disney theme park, they will tell you, hey, your return trip for All Star Sports is bus stop number. Maybe it's 14. I you know I don't know what it is, but uh, that all goes into the executing the plan. The travel is such a big part, and we always talk about opening to close. That's a perfect day to us. You stay in one park because you, you're wasting time, and time is money, when you're traveling to, you know, sitting on a Disney. It's much more fun to sit, sit in a Disney character line to meet Mickey than it is to sit in a bus line and wait on a bus. Now, I'm going to assume your first time – a lot of first-timer Disney folks, it's, you know, you're taking kids, and maybe you've saved up and you want to take your family, and – Like we talked about earlier, with you know understanding the attractions, what your family wants to do, you need to understand rider switch because I I understand Disney is a vacation for kids in a lot of instances, but as an adult, don't let yourself not enjoy it. And if there's an attraction you're you're passionate about riding, but your children aren't tall enough, don't want to, they're scared of it, you know, you and your wife or you and your you know significant other figure figure out the rider switch system and utilize it because it's there to help people who have kids that can't ride something, but adults want to ride it.
0: And and kind of on that same note I'll say that an attraction with a long wait time doesn't necessarily mean it's a great attraction.
1: <laughs> so, right? So it 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 doesn't mean it's a great attraction and it doesn't mean you're guaranteed to enjoy it.
0: So I I think of I think of Peter Pan and I like Peter Pan. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Peter Pan fan at like a 30 minute wait. I I might even be a Peter Pan fan at a 45 minute wait, but at a 90 minute wait am I a Peter Pan fan? No, absolutely not. It's it's not worth it.
1: And that's a little bit of your park research before you go. And I don't want to—I don't want you to ruin your Disney trip by watching point of view videos on on YouTube for every attraction. And it's tough because we know every attraction. Mean, we've done it, so we now know what we believe is a good wait time for you know X attraction. But in your research, kind of get a feel for what type of attraction it is. I mean, you're right. On our menu Disney trip, the guys wanted to ride it because it had a 90 minute wait all day. We get, we landed fast pass and. They're like, why in the world is this ninety minute wait? Well, actually, we waited. St- we had a short standby. We saw. We because waited, say, we we waited
0: standby for like thirty minutes. And mm-hmm. they asked,
1: why Why would this wait ever get long? And it really doesn't make any sense because the ride never stops moving.
0: You know, I think of I think of Cali River Rapids.
1: Yeah, it's another one.
0: Why Why does Why does Cali River Rapids ever have a, a sixty or a ninety minute wait?
1: Mm-hmm. It shouldn't because Cal- you you put Cali River next to Flight of Passage and both ninety minutes. One of them is significantly more worth it. You would you would ride Cali River Rapids and be disappointed in your your you know your experience. So doing that research, I agree.
0: Yeah. Do your research. Know your family. If your kids are roller coaster fans, know what rides are roller coasters. If your kids are not roller coaster fans, again, know what rides are roller coasters. If your kids don't like roller coasters, you don't need to stand in line for Space Mountain. You don't need to stand in line for Expedition Everest. So you knowing what those rides are before you get to the park is huge. It's, you know, it's going to eliminate a lot of unnecessary waiting on your part. Oh, crap. We waited in line for 45 minutes for Expedition Everest only to find out that it's a roller coaster.
1: Mm -hmm. Now we say all that. You don't have to be a Disney expert to do Disney. There are, you know, maybe you're sitting there thinking, well, when I'm booking these fast passes, how am I really going to know if my kid's going to like it? While I know that everything has gone almost, it's in your hands now. You don't have to call Disney to do things. You can all do it through the app. You can still call Disney and ask them, hey, I have a five-year-old who's never been to a theme park, what attractions do you recommend my family going after? They're they're there to help you. So we say all this, hey, I know your family. And maybe you're sitting there, how intent, c- could you compare Barnstormer, you know, Mind Train, and Big Thunder? Well, where could you find that comparison? You can do it online, or you can call Disney flat out and ask them. And they'll tell you, hey, maybe I would advise you to go this route, or maybe... You know They'll ask questions and try to learn about your family as well. To, they want you to have the best experience, but that all needs to be done ahead of time so you're not flying blind in the park trying to figure out what are we going to do next? Is this attraction that my, my family is going to like? I'm trying to think of is there anything else in the executing with the attractions.
0: Not really with the attractions, but I, I think... On the memories and photography side, if it's your first t- trip to Disney World, I think Photo Pass is 100% worth it. If, if you're the type of person that takes a lot of pictures.
1: You're right. I think it's worth probably getting the package. If you're going to Disney for your first time, there's a good chance it's a significant trip for one reason or the other. Maybe it's your you and your significant other. Maybe it's you and your family, your kids, and you want to be able to keep these memories. It, it doesn't take very long for you to buy individual photos to where you hit the the price point of what you could have had all of them, exactly. And you you can decide at Disney if you want to add the package. So maybe, you know, go around the park and oh man, it really would have been nice to be able to get that ride photo. Or it, you know, we took a, a family photo in front of Cinderella Castle and it, it turned out really good. You know, we're looking in the app, we kind of want it. You can go add you can add the add the package, then and get everything. But if you decide not to add the package, they will still take free photos of you and they're in the app for you and you can decide if you want to buy. maybe maybe it's we're getting one photo then no it's not worth getting the package. You can go through all your ride photos, all your photo pass photos and pick the one you think is best suited for your family or, or whoever you went to the park with. So that that's another another kind of tip and execution of your plan in the park.
0: Disney has photographers everywhere. I- anywhere that you would think is a photo op, Disney's got a photographer there. So and yeah, sometimes there's a line for it. I mean, no, no question about it. But but there are a lot of of photo pass photographers out
1: there. Anything else for you on executing the plan?
0: No, I I think uh I think we've offered some good hints. Again, we've we've done a couple of episodes on how to do Disney. Listen to those if you want more detailed information. I think these are some good general guidelines. But but there are other resources out there for how to move around the park, how to plan your fast passes out, how to Plan your meals, plans out where to eat, all that kind of stuff. We've done podcasts on that before.
1: Yep. Now, if, if another topic that I kind of wanted us to share, if you were, if a first timer called you, Pete, and said, "Hey, what what are some must see attractions in each park?" So we could start at Magic Kingdom. You don't really have much much detail past that. Again, I mean, we understand that maybe it's a family, maybe it's you know a new newlyweds. It, these are in general because we can't we can't we can't name your must see attractions because we don't know your situation and what you want to do at Disney World. But these are generally what you would feel as must see. And and we
0: also don't know if you've got kids that are going to enjoy these rides or are tall enough to ride these rides or, or whatever. But so Magic Kingdom, I think I think Pirates of the Caribbean is a, is a must do at Magic Kingdom.
1: I agree. I think as popular as that movie series was, and some of the tweaks they've made inside the attraction that. Kind of mirror some of the, some of the scenes from the movie Pirates of the Caribbean. You must see another one for me is Haunted Mansion. I think that's a Disney staple. Do it at night. Do it, do it, do it multiple times. It's not something you just do once and hang it up. But doing it at night is especially creepy. If you have kids, do it during the day first, probably.
0: Well, in both these rides, they don't typically have super long waits. They're going to have waits, but they don't typically have super long waits, and it's pretty easy to get a fast pass for both of them
1: generally. Yep, we we even on the short notice trip we had we had no issues you know getting this stuff lined up
0: so as, as far as thrill rides at magic kingdom i i think splash and space are the, the two you got to go with here so splash mountain and space mountain you've got a roller coaster which is you know a disney classic and you've got a you've got a dark ride slash thrill ride which well it hasn't been around as long as space mountain is is still a i would i would argue the best ride at disney world
1: I mean, it's it's one of the fullest experiences you're going to get from an attraction with the storyline, the queue, you know, the thrilling drop at the end, the multiple drops in the middle, kind of what's going to be around the next corner feeling when you're riding. And as a kid, I, I did not like the last drop, but I, I loved everything else about it so much that I would still ride and just be terrified by the last drop. I loved seeing the animatronics. I like them. I love the music. Loved the music in Splash Mountain. So another one that... I, I don't really know where to classify it. I don't think it's a thrill ride, but I think it's, you know, it's more thrilling than, than pirates for sure. And that's Seven Dwarfs. That's probably a must-see attraction at Magic Kingdom. Again, they've done a great job with kind of theming of that attraction. So uh, those would be the like the attractions, the rides, I guess we would probably say. Now, I, or another I, another attraction at Disney where I took time to watch was a Festival of Fantasy Parade. This is the only place you're going to see a parade. So. If you're a first timer and you want to see a ton of characters and cool floats and they do a fantastic job of making it feel like they're interacting just with you when they wave from the float and, you know, smile and do the Disney magic, Festival of Fantasy is a is a good parade. There's a ton of characters in it. My wife and I thoroughly enjoyed watching it last trip.
0: If you're gonna see fireworks one place at Disney World, it needs to be a Magic Kingdom. If you if if this is the only fireworks show you see, this is one you've got to go to, and that's happily ever after.
1: And it's important where you know you can see the fireworks from behind the castle, but you're missing a huge part of the show. So get on Main Street. You don't have to get there terribly early. Get you a spot where you know you and your family and your kids can see. Maybe get you know a little snack or something. You know the Sleepy Hollow is something my my wife enjoys getting a snack from there. I mean they've got the um, you know there's a Starbucks on Main Street now. If, if if you're at that point in the night where you need a coffee, <laughs> I highly I totally agree with him. If you're only going to see one fireworks show. This is probably the, my favorite. Definitely, definitely do. Happily ever after. Now, how about Hollywood Studios? Aside from just naming the whole park,
0: I I really think you can name the whole park. Now, Toy Story Land is open. We don't really know anything about the rides at Toy Story Land,
1: other than Toy Story Mania.
0: But I, yeah. other than Toy Story Mania, I would say Toy Story Mania is up there.
1: Based on your situation, maybe.
0: Yeah, that's really a fa- that's really a family friendly ride. Is 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 Toy Story Mania, but yeah, based on your family situation, Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster.
1: Just for me, it's a must ride. But again, I don't have I don't have children, so if you know, when I can give you an example, when I was a child, Tower of Terror was not a must ride for me. Therefore, it was not a must ride for my family. Uh, rock and Roller Coaster, I've always enjoyed. My mom not a must ride for her that she can do without. Rock and Roller Coaster, you know, I my wife and I love riding it. So I agree with him there. If we're gonna, do you put mu- Muppets is another one of those family friendly ones you could put in.
0: I would, I would say that if you are, a, if you have a family that is not a thrill ride family, and you're at Hollywood Studios, like wh- what else do you have? Right, you've got to do Muppets.
1: I think again, that, you know, there's there's good sh- Indiana Jones is a good show, Beauty and Beast is a good show here, but the the best show is still Fantastic in my opinion. Do yourself a favor, get the get the reserve seating. Phantasmic's a nice a nice nightcap, and then if you're in there multiple nights because the timing gets kind of funky with Phantasmic and the Galactic Spectacular, the Star Wars fireworks Show, that's a really good one. They do some projections as well with this show, so get a good view for that one too.
0: So how about animal Animal Kingdom?
1: I think Flight of Passage. If your kid, if your child is of the uh, required height, there's no way you can't do it.
0: And and I would say the same thing with Expedition Everest. It's a roller coaster, but it's a relatively tame roller coaster compared to, say, Rock and Roller Coaster. It's
1: smooth too. Man, it's smooth.
0: It's very smooth. There are some very thrilling aspects to it, but it doesn't go upside down. There's no corkscrews, nothing like that. So it's a, I guess, a more family. It's not quite as family friendly as Seven Doors Mine Train, but it is more family friendly than than say, Rock and Roller Coaster.
1: I would agree. Probably the highlight, other than Flight of Passage, in my opinion, Animal Kingdom is Kilimanjaro Safari definitely any age as long as you meet the height requirement it's well worth doing put the kids on the outside don't put them on the inside you know of the bench if you have a family of four you and your husband or wife sit on the inside let the kids sit on the outside because they'll see more there's a chance they they get really really close to an animal and they're not going to you know as long as you follow the rules at disney world no standing no standing on the bench they're not going to fall out there's there's no risk of that so an animal's not going to get them if, if you're worried about that either
0: no, and this is the reason for Animal Kingdom, Kilimanjaro Safaris.
1: Sure, there are times where there's going to be something on the right, and you're going to wish, man, I wish my kid was sitting on the right of me instead of the left. But the, the way the path they take, and you know, the animals do free roam, so I can't guarantee that there will be you know, both sides of you. But in more cases than not, I would actually recommend the left side because you do get closer to like the hippos, and you see the crocodiles, and uh, there's some stuff that's only on the left uh, early on in the attraction. Uh The other two things, I mean, Festival of Lion King and Finding Nemo, I think, are both really good shows. You can't go wrong with either of them.
0: Now, you really enjoyed Rivers of Light,
1: right? Do not do Rivers of Light. <laughs> First timer, you're wasting a fast pass, you're wasting your evening. Go do something else. Go do Everest. Go do Everest at night. or <clears> You can <throat> even do Kilimanjaro at night. I mean, people, I've heard mixed reviews on it. I didn't personally take it up when we were there because we did uh, Rivers of Light, so... Don't, don't do not Rivers of Light. Enough said there. Moving over to Epcot. Look, the I, obvious. I,
0: yeah, World Showcase, right? World Showcase I mean, is
1: the obvious, no matter the age.
0: You can spend so much time here. There's something for every age here, uh, except for maybe that kind of awkward teenage.
1: Where you're too old for KidCot stuff and you're not old enough to consume beverages. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, would, I agree. There's still
0: shopping to do and there's still some cool stuff to see as kind of a teenager, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19. But it's kind of an awkward age for Epcot. But yeah, just a lot of a lot of cool stuff to see in World Showcase, and one of those attractions is Frozen,
1: and that's probably a must see. I mean, I,
0: especially if you've got little girls.
1: I mean, kids, kids love Frozen,
0: or little boys, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, kids love Frozen, and I, I was not—I didn't have high expectations that I was going to love the attraction, but I absolutely love the attraction.
0: It's a, it's a good attraction. What else at Epcot? You've got obvious Spaceship Earth.
1: This one's not going to light light you up, and it's not thrilling. Your teenagers aren't going to like it. I'm going to tell you that now. But you're inside of the one of the most well-known things at Disney World.
0: You know, you say t- your teenager's not going to like it, but I really enjoyed it as a teenager.
1: I don't know. I just, I'm not a fan. I, I Maybe I just didn't like it as a teenager. Maybe that's the issue. Another one, another one.
0: And then I would say that Illuminations is worth seeing at Epcot, too. Especially if you're a first-timer. It's definitely worth you know, my my kind of go to is Germany. Grab a table in Germany, get a couple of beers, and watch Illuminations from Germany.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, I, again, if you're a first timer, you want to soak up all of Disney. You can Illuminations is unlike any other fireworks show. That's one thing Disney's good at. It's not like you're seeing the same show three different times. They're all extremely unique to the theme that Disney has gone with. So Illuminations, is it. I was really impressed with the last time I went because we did stay and watch it.
0: We didn't. We didn't talk about Soren, did we?
1: No. You know what? We almost forgot Soren. I'd say Soren's another one, more so than Test Track. Even though Test Track is my per- personally, I like Test Track more. But I'm, I've got to think for most people, Soren is Soren is unlike anything else at Disney World, uh, other than Flight of Passage.
0: I think Soren is a can't miss.
1: Yep, I would agree. Now leaving Epcot, you know, D- Disney Springs is in general I think is must see. There's a ton to do. I mean, I've I've gone a bunch on all my most recent trips, it can kind of be a quote-unquote free Disney day. Tons of shopping. You know, if you want Disney in your face, there's a lot of Disney there. If you don't, there's a lot of not Disney there too. So people love the the night nighttime there. There's great shopping. There's great food. I've eaten dinner at multiple places there. Uh, my wife and I absolutely love it. And then if you need just a, I mean, it's a day to kind of, maybe your trip starts the next day or you get in midday and bounce around with some Disney attract, I mean, some uh, Disney resort hotels. You know, maybe you're staying at All-Star Sports and, I don't know if I'd go to go to, you know, Grand Floridian and then you're gonna go back to All Star Sports and be kinda of depressed.
0: You're you're not gonna feel good about your decision at that point.
1: No, I mean seriously. It's Disney is as you're gonna hear, it's it's a big place. They've got a lot to do there. And I mean everything everything is must see. I mean, I could list almost everything. That's how much I that's how much I love it. Well, I think in general we hit, you know, again, tonight's episode was much more of just an overview. We have episodes that dive into to stay or not to stay on property and to you know, to get the dining plan or not get the dining plan,
0: and where to eat and what what fast passes to get. Yep.
1: So those are more in depth, uh, and certainly we encourage you to go back and and download them and listen to them. Overview. I think we we gave some some sound advice, and then like Pete said, research yourself. I mean, go Google Disney tips for first timers, or go pick up a Disney travel book, or or just hire a travel agent like Destinations of Character Travel and let them do it for you they are disney veterans they are travel veterans they know what they're doing uh, so if you're concerned that you you're not capable you don't have the time to do it turn it over to a travel agent destinations of character will do it all for you they'll get to know your family and book the attractions you want them to book and give you really good advice along the way if you have a kid and you need a stroller kingdom strollers give them a call too i don't want to leave them out they have a really cool operation down at disney world and they take the stress out of renting a stroller so we're fortunately aligned with good good partners
0: I mean, imagine flying with a stroller. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> That's horrible.
1: Just get down there, and they will have it delivered to you, and you don't have to drop it off at the end of the night. You know, some Disney parks, uh, you have to leave the stroller, so then you got to pick up your, you know, kid, and just who's dead asleep, and it's just dead weight you're carrying and holding. So our our sponsors are here. They're they're here. We t- we like to talk about Disney. They they know Disney like the back of their hand, and they can take care of any of your needs.
0: All right, well, let's uh, wrap this up and move into the secret interview question of the week. What have we got, Tom?
1: Yeah, so Secret of the Night definitely goes with the theming of our episode for Disney First Timer. So when you go to Disney, of course, cast members are there to help you. You can ask them for almost anything, and they should be able to help you. Now, I will warn you, some cast members have to stay at their posts, so maybe they're in a store and you ask for directions to Frontierland. And they kind of explain them to you. Then you get out in the park and on Main Street, and you're like, well, hold on. I just forgot everything this cast member told me. I don't know how to get to Frontierland still. Don't worry. Don't panic. Go to a custodian and tell the custodian, hey, I'm trying to get Frontierland. A cast member in the store just told me how to get there, but I don't really know how. Uh, the reason I, I recommend a custodian is because they kind of free roam throughout the parks. So where they don't, they're don't, they not tied to a certain post, per se. Yeah, they, they stay in a general area, but they can actually, if you want them to, walk with you to the area so you are led by someone who knows exactly where they're going.
0: Now, we, we have a mutual friend who was a custodian in the college program.
1: That's that's correct.
0: Do you Did, did he do a lot of that? Have you ever asked him about that? I,
1: I, you know, I really I haven't. I'll have to ask him. I mean, I know he said he did a lot of, you know, the work where cast members run around and he his day was different every day. But I don't know if he ever had to walk with someone through the park. But they're there to do I mean, They'll do it. I know
0: he did a lot of flirting with the uh, – the females in World Showcase. Yeah, he did. He did do I know, that. I know. He, I know he said that. But
1: we've been talking about how physically draining Walt Disney World can be. Our trivia question last week was how many acres is Walt Disney World? It's roughly twenty-five to thirty thousand acres. And here's the mind-boggling thing: when you're there, you're going to be like, "Man, this is the biggest place I've ever been." Only seventy-one hundred of the acres have been developed. So, talk about room to grow.
0: But but not only that, only eleven hundred of that are parks.
1: And so I know Disney can serve some of that because they are very environmentally friendly, but Disney World is, is night and day different than Disneyland. Disneyland's landlocked and it is what it is. Disney World goes so many different directions. So there's, there's a,
0: plenty of room for, for a fifth park and a sixth park. A villain's Park, park. if you want. Yep. Yeah, I think so.
1: Now, another trivia question for you this week: it's uh, what does a quote-unquote code P mean in the parks when you hear a cast member communicate that over their communication system? I think these are funny. If you look up the Disney codes, you can find what most of them mean. Uh, So tweet us at Mendoowdwpodcast on Twitter with the answer or email us at Mendoowdw at gmail.com. We accept answers either way. Love seeing you guys participate. And I'm excited to see what you guys come up with for what is a code P as in puppy.
0: All right. Anything else? That's it. All right. Cool. Well, uh, again, hopefully Matt will be back next week. We'll get our uh, guest appearance rescheduled and, and have some more folks on our podcast here pretty soon. But uh, that's all we've got this week. Please tune in next week for some more dizzy magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at menduwdw.gmail.com at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.